You're listening to Drive Time Devotionals, a podcast to help you remain in Christ, use your turn signals, and be nice behind the wheel, like Jesus would drive. Maybe we should start a bracelet campaign like the old one years ago. Instead of WWJD, ours can be HWJD, How Would Jesus Drive? I'm Bill Simpson, and it's my privilege to bring you these 10-minute teachings from the Bible. Last episode, we began considering what is called the Lord's Prayer from Luke 11, 1 through 5. Here it is. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Jesus' teaching about prayer in Luke 11 came approximately two years after his Sermon on the Hill in Matthew 6, where we find the same prayer outlined. In both, he taught us to begin by acknowledging that God is our Father and that He is holy. That will launch you into praising Him for His many attributes and the specific things He has done and is doing in your life. Then the first request in this prayer outline is this, Your kingdom come. In the Matthew sermon, which is the first time Jesus gave this prayer outline, He included the phrase, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the most unfamiliar part of the prayer and one we must spend more time on to fully understand how to pray for God's kingdom to come. So let's think for a minute how things happen in heaven. God is always fully obeyed. The angels and all the saints who have gone before us are all there in absolute paradise in the presence of the Father and the Son. Everyone basks in the love of God and in the power of the Almighty. There is no sin, no sorrow, no injustice, no pain, no loneliness or hopelessness. There's only joy and absolute fulfillment and purpose in the presence of God. It is also breathtakingly astonishing that when the Apostle Paul was taken up into heaven, he wrote that he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. The splendor and majesty of the visible presence of God will eclipse every bad experience and horrible memory we have had here on earth. Jesus' favorite topic to teach about was the fact that the kingdom of God had come to earth because the king of heaven was standing before them. He was Emmanuel, which means God with us. The rule and reign of God was now on earth, and the end of sin, death, and hell was certain. Jesus came teaching about the kingdom because the kingdom of God is everything. After his resurrection, we read in Acts 1-3, He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Jesus taught us to ask as our very first request for our lives to align with life in his kingdom. It is a very sweeping request that ranges from ending all injustice to all of his followers living in full obedience and unwavering devotion to him. Of course, the prayer also means that people everywhere will come to faith in Jesus and become sons and daughters of Yahweh. As the kingdom comes in our lives, in our homes and schools, businesses and communities, everything must change. The kingdom is about everything happening on earth like it happens in heaven. When Jesus summed up what obedience to his Father looks like, he helped us picture what the kingdom of heaven does when it comes into a person's life. He said this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Well, that's easy, right? Nay, nay. 
That kind of transformed life only happens as we engage with our Father by asking Him to make those changes happen within us. Instead of only asking for our problems to be resolved, we are to learn how to first and foremost long for our hearts and minds to be transformed so that we think and act more and more like Jesus. Because this kind of request is so foreign to our human nature, so challenging to maintain, and so misunderstood and underutilized, I will take many of the upcoming podcasts to demonstrate from the Bible exactly what kingdom come praying involves. This is the kind of praying that we must learn because it does not come to us naturally. It comes supernaturally, or a better term, maybe spirit naturally. To live our lives as kingdom people, we must be radically dependent on the spirit of Christ to work in us and through us. The potential for each of us to become like the kind of person Jesus was is astounding. And it is most definitely God's will for you and me and every child of his. Don't miss the order of Jesus' outline for our praying. It begins with acknowledging who God is and what he's like. He then tells us to talk to our Father about the most important aspects of our lives, our spirits and our souls, and how we align with the kingdom's values and perspectives. The New Testament letters are all about helping us grow in our faith and deepen our dependence on God. Kingdom come requests are for spiritual transformation, which happens by the indwelling spirit of God. And that transformation process takes an entire lifetime. The next category of requests that Jesus gave us is to ask God to give us each day our daily bread. The Greek literally can be translated our bread for tomorrow. Jesus gave us the freedom to ask our father for the things that we need in life. For Jesus' audience, food was the pressing need. Therefore, Jesus opened the door for us to ask his Father for those things that we need in life, just like the man who had the midnight caller. We all have lots of needs. Sometimes those needs are so heavy on us that we can barely function. Whether they are health, finances, relationships, legal matters, emotional issues, we all have plenty of needs. Have you noticed that tangible needs usually dominate your praying? When prayers are offered in a church setting or a small group, what kinds of things are typically requested? Isn't it almost always about health and safety or money or relationships? Isn't this why Jesus instructed us to pray about kingdom things before we pray about our physical and relational needs? The order of the outline is critically important if we're going to develop our conversations with the Father to the depth that He desires. Jesus' brilliance is on display again in the order of our request. As you pray first for spiritual transformation, it will greatly impact your perspective on the tangible things in your life. As you think about the kingdom coming in your life or the person you are praying for, it will have a profound impact on how you see the tangible needs. Praying for someone's health takes on an entirely new perspective when you begin praying for them by asking God to give them His Spirit flooding their heart with the light of his word or strengthening them to be able to endure the illness with the joy of the Lord. In the Sermon on the Hill, Jesus instructed his listeners and all of us since that day, saying this, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Why should the people of God not be anxious about the necessities of life? Isn't that simply part of the human experience? Jesus gave the answer. We don't have to worry because God knows we need those things. 
We must trust Him that everything will work out for the good to everyone who loves Jesus, just like He promised in Romans 8.28. Overcoming anxiety is a matter of faith, and faith is put to work through our praying to God about those things that make us anxious. Now, are there things in your life about which you don't feel comfortable asking God for His help? Why is that? Do you think you need to take care of the small stuff by yourself? Is it something you would rather just handle on your own without God's intervention? It might be helpful to spend some time working through these questions. Why don't you ask God for his help in the not-so-critical situations in your life? Like when a friend drops by at midnight for a snack. You can practice your dependence on God by talking to him more frequently about all the things you want and need. If you're in a hurry and can't find the keys, stop and ask your father to help you find them. Begin praying to him about the little things and that may help you with life's larger issues. There's a certain prayer that I like to call flare prayers, and those are the times when you're in the heat of the battle and you need immediate help from God. Flare prayers are very powerful and frequently needed. As a school teacher, I launch them all the time throughout the school day. When you're losing your cool in traffic, you need a flare prayer. God, help me chill out and get my head screwed back on. Flare prayers are needed when you receive an email, text, or post that puts you in a sudden rage. Father, please empower me now with your strength and peace to not react like I want to react, but like you want me to. Father, my husband did it again. Help me to control my temper. Those are the kinds of flare prayers that we need to be launching up to God throughout the day. But the follower's prayer is an outline for when you're ready to take some time to have a significant conversation with God. To work through the outline that Jesus gave us can't be done in just a couple of minutes. It's certainly not a flare prayer. Remember that Jesus gave the outline in a specific context. His disciples had been watching him pray, and they asked him to teach them how to pray. From the context, we know that our Lord was teaching his followers how to spend quality time asking, seeking, and knocking. We'll continue working through the prayer outline in the upcoming episodes. I hope you've subscribed so that you won't miss out on a single episode. And if this podcast is helping you, I'd love to hear from you. Just go to my website at billsimpson.org. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. 